Harp on Sports with Seth Harp. You know what time it is. Three, two, one. Let's do this. Go, bartenders. Go, food needs refill. Harp on Sports, the bar, podcast, media, audio, and radio network. What do we have in store for you on this edition of the program? Some Super Bowl bookends four years ago. Chiefs Niners. Now, as the Chiefs get ready to officially put their claim in that they're a dynasty, can continue it with the 49ers. It's interesting because the Niners did the same thing with the Bengals, didn't they? Montana's third title was against the Bengals. What, his fourth one was against the Broncos. So, Patrick Mahomes' first title can be against the Niners. His third title can be against the Niners. So, a little fun Snippet, if you will. Andy Reid going for his third Super Bowl. So many storylines when it comes to what it means for the Niners as they try to tie the Patriots and Steelers with six Super Bowls. So interesting bookends. So we're going to dive into that. Also, a little, shall we call it what? Coordinator courting, if you will, as the Dolphins and the Bucks try to land new offensive and defensive coordinators and I, I like what I see. Both of them are doing is very wise, very smart. What both of them are doing here is the intelligent move on all aspects of it. And any of the four guys that they're currently talking to, smart hires, as they each try to take that next step. The Bucks try to take that next step. And one of the guys they're talking to, I love it. And if the Dolphins, I, I know who I would like to hire if I were both of them, but we'll see. We'll see what they end up doing. So we're going to look at that as well. And also, Gator basketball. Three in a row, above 500 in the SEC for the first time this year. What to expect as we start to look ahead to the month of February. So Harp on Sports, the bar, podcast, media, audio, radio network. Follow, share, like, subscribe at Harp on Sports, Twitter at Harp on Sports, Instagram, Harp on Sports, auditory route, Buzzsprout, Spotify, Apple podcast, Harp on Sports, Facebook page, Harp on Sports, YouTube channel, and of course, Harp on Sports.com under the bar heading Super Bowl 58. Wow. And... You know, so many different storylines are going to pop up. These two meet again. Is it the Niners' revenge? The Niners trying to track down the Patriots and the Steelers for the sixth Super Bowl club. Meanwhile, the fifth Super Bowl club features who? The Cowboys and the Niners right now. The party of four, Packers and the Giants. So the Chiefs trying to join the party of four. And the Niners trying to join the party of six. So there's where we are, team-wise, organization-wise. Chiefs trying to become a dynasty. Three Super Bowls in four years puts them in Dallas Cowboys 90s range. You know, the Niners, four in the 80s, and each decade has theirs, right? The Packers in the 60s, Steelers in the 70s, Niners in the 80s, Cowboys in the 90s. I I guess you'd call the Patriots the aughts and the teens since they won three at each of them. But they're they're their dynasty, and the Chiefs are trying to become the dynasty of the 20s. That's That's what they're doing here. And I... Boy, you know, the, the Niners are favored, and I get why. I get why. Usually you get to this stage, the team with a better quarterback wins. There's no doubt the Niners have more weapons than the Chiefs do. The Chiefs' defense has been remarkable. Chiefs' defense allowed 10 points last five quarters. Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. The last five quarters for Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson, 10 points. That's why the Chiefs are here. You can point to Mahomes and Chiefs are here because the last five quarters against Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen, Chiefs' defense has given up 10 points. Uh you know, through all these things, to me, the fascinating focus will be Mahomes, the you know Andy, all these things. 
But what's interesting is the rarefied air that Travis Kelsey finds himself in now. It's his postseason. It's been his postseason. That dude is three touchdowns away from Jerry Rice's all-time postseason mark. 22. What's amazing about this is Travis Kelsey's done all this work over the age of 29. Most of it over the age of 29. The Chiefs won, what, two playoff games? Travis's first seven years in the league? They've won three the last two weeks. Um, So he's got 19. Jerry Rice has 22. This is all time. 2,245 career postseason receiving yards for Jerry Rice. 1,694 for Travis Kelsey. So Travis Kelsey is what? 551 yards away from Jerry Rice. And you may sit there and say, oh, he's not going to get it this year. Of course he's not. But with 75-yard Super Bowl and a touchdown, if Travis Kelsey gives you a 75-yard, one-touchdown Super Bowl, it means he's two behind Jerry Rice, and he's what? 475 away all-time? Travis Kelsey is two postseasons away from tracking down Jerry Rice. Actually, Travis Kelsey is two postseasons away from tracking down Jerry Rice's all-time yardage mark. And he's really one postseason away. One gigantic Super Bowl away from tying him. It's pretty remarkable. Jerry played forever, too. Jerry played for 20 years. Jerry played for 20 years in the NFL. Jerry retired when he was 41, right? So 19 years? Travis has only played for 12. Jerry had Steve Young, Joe Montana, Rich Gannon in an MVP year. Travis had Alex Smith and Patrick Mahomes. Pretty impressive stuff from Travis Kelsey. So two more postseasons. You can sit there and say, well, they play more postseason games now. No, they don't. Niners were always hosting. Chiefs are always hosting. Travis Kelsey, what he's done is on the Jerry Rice level in the postseason. He's on Jerry Rice's level. Can't believe I'm saying that out loud, but he is. So you ask about Travis Kelsey trying to track down Tony Gonzalez's yardage mark, greatest tight end of all time. He has a chance to track down Jerry Rice. That's why he's not going to retire. Why would he retire? Like, talk of Andy Reid, he'll retire. Why? Why would Andy Reid want to retire? Go out on top or I could keep winning. What do you want? I, I always find it fascinating when people are in their prime and you want them to hang it up. He needs to retire. Why? Why? If you don't want to play anymore, don't want to coach anymore, those things are fine. But Travis Kelsey has a chance to be the greatest postseason receiver, pass catcher of all time. He's actually, if you look at it sensibly, next year in the postseason, he'll tie Jerry Rice or pass him in terms of touchdowns. In the following postseason, he'll pass him in yardage. Travis Kelsey is about five postseasons game, five postseason games away from catching Jerry Rice in terms of yardage. Probably three postseason games away from catching him in touchdowns. He just gets one a game. So I love it. Those are your storylines, at least as I look at it. And from the Chiefs' perspective, from the Niners' perspective, you know what Brock Purdy's done? Christian McCaffrey trying to cement his stage in the postseason on the big stage. Hey, about my Super Bowl consideration. The Niners, Kyle Shanahan. I mean, there's just a lot. The Niners have been the best team, with the exception of the hiccup against Baltimore the last two or three months. And the Chiefs are defending their Super Bowl title. And this was the year you're supposed to catch the Chiefs. Think about it. Chiefs win the Super Bowl. Next year, blow it against the Bengals in the uh, AFC Championship game. Have to trade Tyree Kill away. Last year supposed to be rebuilding year. They win the Super Bowl. This year, the offense can't do anything right. One-dimensional. And in the postseason here, they they lose their all-pro. Their only member on their offense is all-pro. Tooney at left guard, he's out. He misses the AFC Championship game. They still win. Because Chris Jones is on the cusp of becoming a Hall of Famer, too. So, I mean, there's so many different matchups that 
I look at going into the Super Bowl. And what are they? Well, you know, the ability of the Chiefs to block up front of the Niners. And can the not look if the Chiefs got to Lamar Jackson, they're going to get to Brock Purdy. And Brock Purdy has played brutal in the first half of the first two postseason games. He lays an egg in the first half against the Chiefs. It's not going to matter what he does in the fourth quarter in two weeks. But there you go. I mean, Lions, Chiefs, I think the Lions and Ravens would have been just, okay, here they are. But you got a dynasty in the making. Kansas City Chiefs, here we go. Niners, it'll be interesting to see, you know, with a third, two, you know, Mahomes, you know, every, Mahomes, Brady, That that's not the debate. The debate, the debate right now is Mahomes-Aikman. The debate right now is Mahomes and Troy Aikman. And with a win, then you can begin the Mahomes-Joe Montana debate. You're not even close to Brady yet. You're not. Not even close. It's ridiculous. It's a ridiculous debate. So, there you go. My thing more interesting is Travis Kelsey tracking down Jerry Rice. Yeah. I just, I write all these things down. Of, you know, Steve Spagnola, the Chiefs defensive coordinator, Matt Nagy, their offensive coordinator, both former head coaches in the NFL. Spagnola looking to win his fourth Super Bowl. Win one with the Giants as defensive coordinator, trying to rack another one up here. Do you win two as defensive coordinator with the Giants? monstrous the career he's had as defensive coordinator Spag shows you that some guys are great coordinators not great head coaches he wasn't very successful as a head coach with the Rams he's in his wheelhouse like Wade Phillips more successful as a coordinator Romeo Cornell more successful as a coordinator some guys are just those guys Josh McDaniels there you go Niners one and a half point favorite it's funny because the Chiefs Super Bowls that they've won they've been the underdogs correct the one they were the favorite against the Bucks when they got beat there you go. All right, a little coordinator cruising. Cruising for coordinators. The Dolphins looking to replace Vic Fangio, and the Dolphins find themselves in an interesting position. You know, as they try to get a long-term deal with Lamar or with Tua Tunga Viola done. This was a team that was the two seed all the way up until the final week of the year. And fell apart on them. Injuries got them. Vic Fangio leaves. Need to get a guy in there that's cerebral, and they're talking about Bills linebacking coach Bobby Babbage. That's a good hire. If they end up going with Bobby Babbage, that's a good hire. Brandon Staley, yeah, not a great head coach, but Brandon Staley is a fantastic coordinator. That'd be a great hire. Both those guys did a good job. Now, I'm a big a proponent of you know strengthening yourself by weakening your opponent and and bringing Bobby Babbage in. He's gone against Josh Allen the last few years. That 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 kind of makes sense. Brandon Staley, good coordinator, just not a very good head coach. That happens. Matt Nagy, Steve Spagnola. There's a reason I mentioned them in the previous segment. Steve Spagnola, not a great head coach. Matt Nagy, not a great head coach. Fantastic coordinators. Brandon Staley, fantastic coordinator. He's a stud in Baltimore. It's a good coordinator. So, you know, looking at it, both of those guys would be extremely solid. A guy I'd like to also see the Dolphins kick the tires on. Dave Merritt, he's the Chiefs' secondary coach. He's looking to win his fourth Super Bowl. His fourth Super Bowl as a secondary coach. Somebody going to give him a defensive coordinator job? He may not want one, but that Chiefs' secondary is just what they did to the, the Ravens' receivers. It's just what they did against the Bills in the fourth quarter. The schemes that they come up with. So that's a guy that if I were the the Dolphins, I'd be kicking the tires on too. Whether it's Babbage, Staley, it's probably it's probably going to be one of those two. But Dave Merritt's another guy that I would consider. Uh, looking at it from the Bucks perspective, look the, the guys that the Bucks are talking to. I think bo- both these positions are solid positions. The Bucks, 
Jake Peets, who is the Rams passing game coordinator. I mean, the job that Matt Stafford did, that the, the development, Nakua, the wide receiver, the, the job that they did, it's strong. Now, you know, coordinator, passing game coordinators are coming in to become offensive coordinators, a little bit different beast. But you look what you have Mike Evans, what you have with Godwin, what you have with Baker Mayfield, you bring them, bring them all back. That's good. The guy that I'd like to see the Bucs hire. Now, look, Jake Peets is fine. But Jaron Johnson, Jaron Johnson, quarterback's coach for the Texans. Look, you take a rookie and put up the numbers that C.J. Stroud did, and you're the quarterback's coach. I get him and Baker Mayfield together. Now, he's also interviewing for the Saints offensive coordinator job and the Steelers offensive coordinator job. If I were him and I'm looking around, I'm like, wait a second, I go to Pittsburgh where I got a disaster on my hands. I got Pickett. I guess I could try to resurrect that. I got Mason Rudolph, Trubisky. I can go to New Orleans where I've got Carr, I guess. I go to Tampa where if I can get Mike Evans and Baker to come back, I've got and, and Godwin, I've got a Trinity there. Got a decent running game. Now, Todd Bowles is the head coach. I get it, but I can slide in here and, you know, I inherited a team that's won the division three straight years. So Jared Johnson to me, would seem to be the young, energetic, next wave pick. But Jake Pete's a good idea, too. So I like what the Bucks and the Dolphins are both thinking when it comes to the coordinator positions. I like what they're both thinking. Both straightforward, thinking forward, down the road with those hires. And sometimes hiring a guy that was a head coach that didn't work with the Chiefs. Smart decisions. Smart, 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 smart. So we'll see what happens in both of those cases. I know that the Jags are looking to make some replacements too. you know, head coaches, what DC still looking for a head coach, what is Seattle still. So there's other head coaches that are still out there that coordinators may get plucked away. And I don't know if anybody else is going to get fired here. Probably not. I, both these teams are in pretty good position by what they're talking to here. Dolphins made the postseason, almost won the division. Bucks exceeded expectations, played the lions tough. It seems you're not hearing people that they're bringing in that you're like, what are you doing here? Or who's that? All four of these guys. Solid. Uh, one to wrap, talking a little Gators basketball. And I think at this point, if you have an honest conversation with yourself, Gator basketball this year should be brought to you by Bubblicious. They're the definition of a bubble team. The definition of one. What? That? They're on pace to win 20 games. They're four and three in the conference. They beat the four teams they should have beaten to lost to the three teams. They've been an underdog to lost at home to Kentucky. That's a top 10 team lost on the road to Tennessee, a top 10 team. And they're getting ready to play Kentucky again this week. So if you look at the four heavy hitter, hitter games on the schedule, three of them are, are, are going to be in their rearview mirror before we even hit February two against Kentucky. One, you know, one against Tennessee, three of them are going to be in the rearview mirror. Two of them on the road. So in their first eight games, the Gators are going to play their two toughest road games all year in the conference. Probably going to be four and four. But Todd Golden, this is a bubble team. They just are. And to get off the bubble, they, they'd have to win two of their next three. One of their next three, they're going to be right on the bubble. They lose to Kentucky at home, beat A&M on the road, lose to Auburn at home, lose to Kentucky, excuse me, at Kentucky, Beat AM on the road, lose to Auburn at home, bubble. Beat Kentucky at home, lose the next two, bubble. They win the next two, probably not on the bubble, probably would be in the tournament at that point. Lose the next three, they'd be off the bubble. That's where this team is. They are a bubble team.
They've picked the low-hanging fruit in their three-game winning streak. Missouri, Mississippi State, Georgia beat the teams they should have beaten. Now they take on three straight teams where they're going to be underdogs this week at Kentucky at A&M. Boy, if they can win one of those two, if they could lose to Kentucky and beat A&M, and now they're coming home at 5-4 and four in the conference with a chance to beat Auburn, there's where you start to make some strides. They're going to have to start winning some road games here. They can afford to lose these next two road games. If they beat Auburn at home, then they're sitting there 5-5 five and five in the conference, halfway through with three of their four toughest games in the rearview mirror. Actually, with the Auburn game in there, if they somehow can beat Auburn or AM, if they can win one of their next three games, they'll be 5-5 five and five in the conference with four of their five toughest games in the rearview mirror. Auburn at home, Two games against Kentucky, one game against Tennessee. They got another game against Tennessee later in the year at home. They're in good shape right now. Can be in better shape with a win over Kentucky, but they are a bubble team. First four out, last four in, that's where they're going to be until they start picking off some big guys. They pick off Kentucky, they're a tournament team. If they don't, boom, 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 backside of the bubble. Four of their next six are on the road. And, I, you know, I look at this team, the one thing they got going for them against Kentucky here in the middle of the week is Kentucky has to host Tennessee on Saturday. Maybe you can catch Kentucky napping. Maybe. This is who they are. This team is a 7, 8, 9, or 10 seed at best. At best. Because you have to look at it from this perspective, right? you got another game with Vandy coming up who's not any good. You gotta, you've got low-hanging fruit out there. South Carolina. You've got games that are winnable games especially when you get into the mid-stages of February. So what do you do here? Win one of the next three. They win one of the next three. They're going to be in prime position to make the tournament. Bubblicious. Bubblicious is who they are. Well, they, they need to become, yeah, I know they need to become those things, but they're not there yet. Todd Golden, gradual progress last year. Oh, my gosh. One and done, right? NIT, not much action. This year, what are they? No, not barring any injury, they if they do, if they continue to make improvement, if I had to guess, I'd guess they'd lose to Kentucky, they'd lose to AM, they'd beat Auburn at home, they'd be 500 in the conference, halfway through the sucker, and then look around and go, all right, we're halfway through this thing, we're five and five. Four of our five toughest games are in the rearview mirror. If we can go seven and three against some of this low hanging fruit here in the second half, get to 12 and eight, then. You know, we win a game in the SEC tournament, we're probably going to make the tournament. That's where they are. We talked about this a couple weeks ago where it's like, oh, my God, they're bad. They're, they're <laughs> It's amazing how this works. Is They're 1-3 in the conference. Oh, my God, must win here. No, no, no. You'd like to beat Kentucky? Don't need to beat Kentucky. You'd like to beat A&M? Don't need to beat A&M. Like to beat Auburn? Probably would need to beat Auburn at that point. They win one of the next three. They're in the middle of the bubble. They win two of the next three. They're in. They lose all three. They'll be out. Need to work their way back on the bubble. Just where we are. But this team is right where they should be given their talent and their progression. Sometimes you just are. You know your target weight? Just are. Right where I should be. Tie game in the fourth, or right where we should be. Harpon Sports the Bar, Podcast Media, Audio Radio Network. Follow, share, like, subscribe. Uh, we'll get into you know more Super Bowl stuff as the week progresses. Hirings, firings, all those things. I went back through and looked at my Super Bowl predictions at the beginning of the year. Ooh, baby. I had the Bills beating the Chiefs. Didn't quite get there. And in the NFC, what did I have? 
had the Cowboys. I know. I had the Cowboys beating the Eagles. So close, but yet so far. I think I had <laughs> the MVP. Defensive MVP, I had Micah Parsons. The NFL MVP overall, you kind of didn't get that one right either. I had Dak Prescott there. So my predictions didn't exactly go to Hoyle, but I'm in dynasty mode. Harfon Sports, the bar, podcast, media, audio, radio network. Follow, share, like, subscribe. At Harfon Sports Twitter, at Harfon Sports Instagram. Harfon Sports, auditory route, Buzzsprout, Spotify, Apple Podcast, under Harfon Sports, the bar. Harfon Sports Facebook page, Harfon Sports, the bar, the YouTube channel, and of course, HarfonSports.com. Remember, stay clean, stay focused, stay strong. Frankenstein, have fun with your friends.